What's popping, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. Yeah, of- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode on the Step Back Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking uh, more just all about the entire NBA and in specific, I don't know why Aiden's laughing at me. For the record, this is like yeah. the chapter. Okay, I'm so bad. I'm so bad at intros, dude. I am. But anyways, Aiden, just take 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 it from here. Okay. So this week we're gonna be talking about just what was going on this week and uh in the NBA. Just kind of a recap of what was going on. Um, so the first thing that dropped was the uh reserve selections of the all-star. Um, so I think what we'll do is we'll kind of highlight um the players that got in any surprises and then start off with the snub. So um, I'll start off with some of the surprises for me. Um, one player I, that made it that wasn't on my list was Julius Randall. Um, not really surprising. I just, for me personally, I didn't have him as an all-star, but he's averaging 23, 10 and five. So you got to give him the respect. Um, a lot of people found Vucevic surprising. Um, I did have him on my roster, so I wasn't surprised about that. Um, and then the big surprise for everyone that we'll, we'll start talking about is Ben Simmons getting the all-star nod over Trey Young. Um, you guys want to let me know your thoughts on that. Um, take it right off. I think Ben Simmons should not be in the all-star game. I'm definitely surprised that he is. Uh, I, w- I don't know why the coaches or maybe the players and as a whole just chose him to be in the all-star game. I think uh, – like on the court, he brings a lot more value than people like might see differently on like the stat line. I don't really know why, but personally, like, I probably would have rather put or had uh, Trey Young in the All Star game than Ben Simmons. But that I don't know. That's just me. I mean, Mike it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me because his name comes up a lot. Even though I I feel like he's overrated as all get out. There's no improvement. We mentioned those in the previous um episodes but i mean i think when it comes down to it as we mentioned before we started filming this podcast that uh trey young is not as liked by the coaches as simmons is and i I feel like that is like the only reason because i mean if you're to look at the stats trey young's got him completely beat but on the same note i can understand why a guy like ben simmons got the nod i just like I don't know. Of all the people you could put in, you're going to put in the guy who's what? He's averaging like 13 points. 16, like, he's solid. Eight. He's still a solid yeah. player. He's though. solid, he's but I don't think he's all star. I don't think he's as good all-star. as you think, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just don't think he's an all star quality, but I don't know. Yeah. That, that'd be my take for, for that one. I just. Yeah. Um, the what I said about Ben Simmons when I didn't have him in there when I talked about who I was going to leave off I said he's an all-star player but he's just not an all-star rule right now like they're just getting him to to pass the ball grab some rebounds and score points every once in a while his numbers don't blow you away but he's defensively probably the most versatile player in the league which is what I think the the, the coaches voted him in for and um if you don't know, the coach do vote in the reserves. And I think that's the reason why Trey didn't get the nod. If you remember last year, he got voted in as a starter. That is fan voting. And a lot of fans really love Trey Young. However, Trey Young has transitioned his game into drawing fouls a lot this year. I think he's shooting like 14 foul attempts this year um, each game. So a lot of players don't like to see a guy that just goes and intentionally draws foul, which is something that we'll talk about later. Um, and I think the coaches just hate that side of his game too. So when they had an opportunity to give it to a guy who's on a first seed in his conference, playing great defense, every coach wants to have a guy like Ben Simmons on their team. They gave him the nod over Trey Young. 
Um, tough for Trey Young, but I'm sure he'll be back in it next year. I hate, I hate it. I hate it when people do like Trey Young does and Stephen Curry do. It's so, so we'll talk, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later, but yeah, it's, um, another one that people were surprised about was DeMontis Sabonis not making it. Uh, he has replaced Kevin Durant, but people were pretty surprised that he didn't get voted in right off the bat, averaging 21, 11, and 6. Um, he was the first ever player not to be voted in, averaging 20, 10, and 5. Um, but he got the replacement vote, so it kind of worked itself all out. Um, and then in the Western Conference, Chris Paul made it over Devin Booker, which a lot of people were surprised about. That's personally what I thought would happen because the coaches love a guy like Chris Paul with the experience. Um, but Devin Booker replaced Anthony Davis as an injury spot. Um, everything else is pretty simple. Um, the only thing, only thing in question for some people was Rudy Gobert uh, making it in there. So I think that's the last one we'll talk about. If you guys want to talk about your thoughts on Rudy Gobert making it over some of the other guys. Uh, I mean, okay, real quick, but uh, Sabonis made it. He got, he was snubbed, right? Or some people thought he was snubbed. He, yeah, and, he then, snubbed. and then, and uh, then, he Kevin Rant's not playing just because he's injured, and it, yep. it it's kind of surprising that he's not like he's still a cap. I don't know, he's still a captain, and uh, that yeah, but that's the reason that Sabonis is now playing. Uh, yep. with with uh, Rudy Gobert, I think we talked about this earlier, but like he's a solid player, he's super like best defensive player in the league, but I don't know, like, I don't know what else he brings to the table that's so valuable. Like star worthy, uh, yeah, for like an all star worthy that that some other players might have. Like I think uh, we compared to uh, Bam Adebayo in the last episode where we talked yeah. about him, where he brings you know rebounds, assists, blocks, like the whole nine yards, and uh, yeah. Okay, yo, so so if you if we're taking out Gobert, I kind of agree. He's one of the best defensive players of the year. He's going to get voted on to defensive all teams. I feel like that's the recognition that defensive players can get. You were voted on to the first all defensive first team or the defensive player of the year. The all-star game should be about the stars that people yeah. say, oh, crap, we're playing Devin Booker this week. What are we doing? Yeah, no one um, goes, oh, yeah, Rudy Gobert's that guy. Yeah. So who would you want to replace him? I know who I want replacing him, and I don't think it's someone that I voted into my uh, my team initially. Initially, Originally, I had Brandon Ingram, but I changed my mind. So, Sam, you want to say who yours is first? Uh, I don't. I don't know who would replace him. I'm thinking. All right. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll I'm give trying you to think of the players who missed. I'll, I'll say who I I wanted first, and my my guy's the guy that Sam was talking about last week. I, I take back what I said about Brandon Ingram, and I'll explain why later. I have Demar Derozan making it. If you take a look at the standings right now. The Spurs are still currently in sixth. And the problem I have with this is that currently, because of Rudy Gobert, the Jazz are number one in the West. They have two All-Stars. The Lakers are second. They have two All-Stars. The Clippers are third. They have two All-Stars. The Suns are fourth. They are two Mm All-Stars. They occupy eight of the 12 spots, four teams. Eight of the 12 spots in the West are given to to four teams at the top of the conference. So yeah. I don't really think that's okay. I had had the Pelicans having two all-stars. That's why I don't have Brandon Ingram. Cause if, if only the top four teams are getting two all-stars, there's no way we can give it to 11. I, was getting... I think that we need to spread the love around to not just the winning teams having like 66% of the votes. Right. So I would say a six seed DeMar DeRozan should have gotten a nod this year. Now looking back on it. Yeah. 
I think you gotta get you gotta give recognition to those players because because then you have you obviously have Curry representing the Warriors. Like I'm looking at the standings and they're sitting at eighth. You have Jokic representing the Nuggets who are sitting at seven. You have Dame. So like you have every every seed in the top eight represented. Um, other than other than the Spurs. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, I mean yeah I would agree with that. And then you just look down and it's like are you really telling me? that of the seven teams remaining that aren't in a current playoff seat, that they can't field a single all-star. And yet yeah. we're giving the top four teams two in each. It's like, I don't know, like, like I've always uh, emphasized, like NBA, as much as it is a sport, it's also a business. So yeah. from even, even it doesn't make sense from a sports side, like perspective at all, because it's like uh, there's seven teams and you're telling me that none of them have all-star quality players, which we obviously know is not the case. I mean, you take a look at the Pelicans, you have Zion, you have Ingram. And then uh, let's see. I mean, the Mavericks, I mean, they're represented by Doncic and whatnot, uh, maybe giving John Morant the nod for the Grizzlies either way. But like, then you take it back and look at it from a business side of thing. And it's like uh, of the 15 teams of the Western conference, you're only going to have half of them represented in the all-star game. I mean, yeah. right there, your viewership or at least half of your fans who are fans of those other teams, they're going to be ticked off because they're gonna be like, OK, I love this. Let, let's just take the Grizzlies. Like, I love the Grizzlies. Yeah, they're only sitting at 10, but I feel like we fielded one all star player. You'd think. I mean, obviously, yeah. since there's 15 teams, there can't be one from each team. Um, so like uh, teams like the Rockets and Timberwolves, they don't deserve to have one in just because of how poorly they're playing. But like, the, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I, I get what you're it's saying, like but it's not completely like, oh, we need to have all, every single team represented. No, I, I'm not. I'm not like, saying that. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah. yeah, but I agree though. Sixty six percent of the t- uh, went to t- to four teams. Like yeah, the top just, four teams can't have two all stars each. Okay, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I just feel like Demar Derozan could have gotten an odd, but he did. You can make the same argument for the Eastern Conference because the Heat. The Heat and the, the Raptors are in playoff position right now, and they both don't have all-stars. Right. And yeah, did you hear about the Jimmy Butler situation? Jimmy Butler – what? Yeah, um, Jimmy he, Butler, he said he wasn't going. Yeah, they, they offered Jimmy Butler the spot before Sabonis, but he turned yeah. it down. He said he's not going to go if Bam wasn't selected either. Oh, really? So That's a cool move from him, but, yeah, I think he's more concerned about winning. And like we talked about a couple weeks ago – they were playoff contenders. I had them as playoff locks. We come here a week later, and they're the five seed at 500. Well, so and they, we, they won we their last six, and bang, they're right back into the hunt. So that's how crazy this season has been. Well, and we, we've sung the, the praises of Jimmy Butler in the past, but, like, you don't realize how much of, a, of an effect or an impact just a simple decision of, like, you snub my teammate, I'm not going. Like, that gets them fired up. Like, the, the, yeah. the guys around them, that's going to bring them a little bit closer. I mean – and it's not like some soap opera thing going on, but I'm just saying like, like something like that, they, they yeah, recognize. He sets a culture. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's like, uh, when I saw that, I was like, good for him. Like that, cause Bam, uh, if, if they were asking Butler, I think Bam was on the, on the same level of, of wanting to go, if not more so just because of stats, but yeah, uh, yeah that, so yeah. it's going to be interesting. Thing. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Another thing that I found interesting was that the Jazz, Lakers, Clippers, and Suns all would be top of the Eastern Conference right now, which brings up the fact that the New York Knicks right now, uh, we'll talk about them in just a second, are currently fourth in the Eastern Conference with a record of 18 and 17. So somehow in the Eastern Conference, one game above 500 gets you home court advantage in the playoff as of right now. That's insane. And if you look at the Hornets, 
they're two games below 500 sitting at a playoff spot in the eight seed. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah, this Eastern this, Conference is struggling this year. It's pretty bad. But like it, the, the entire season's been pretty whack, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like there's just so many different things that have been going on. It's like, whoa. It just blows me away. You have like the top three teams that have like de- like on the Eastern Conference have decent records. And then you have the Knicks sitting at like 500. And then everyone below them is 500 or worse. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's it's why so. that's why it's so it's too early to to decide like who's going to be those final eight. Like I know we talked about it a week before, but like just reevaluating it this week, it's like, man, it really is anyone's game. I mean, like so the Hawks think, arguably are still in the hunt. So do you think the Knicks are hype? Like, do you think you know Stephen A. and uh, Spike Lee are they are they getting too excited or are they just kind of like? I think they have a right to be excited considering right. how bad they've been recently. Yeah. Do I think they're going to be a playoff team? I think they. I would get say a spot. yes. I, I, I think, think they're going so. to get a spot, but they're not going to compete. They're going to lose. They, they they're going to get a spot are, because, but... yeah, like what I said last week or whatever on our episode, or was it? It was two weeks ago or something. Mm-hmm. And I said like, hey, like the Heat and the Raptors and the Wizards, like don't count them out. There's a lot of season to go. We're two weeks later, and and the Heat and the Raptors are looking like locks. Like it, it doesn't even take. You know, like it doesn't even take more than a whole season to get back into the game. It just takes right. two weeks and bang, they're back in, they're back in position. Um, yeah, we can talk about, we'll talk. I think, so yeah, I think the Knicks are going to fall off defensively. They're, they're doing good. I just think down the stretch, the heat Celtics Raptors, if the Pacers can get together, they're struggling too. They're on a losing four streak. Um, but yeah, they're separated. The they're currently sitting at four or five games back of first spot, a game and a half puts them out of the playoffs. So um, I think it's too early to tell, but I think they're going to slip. But another team that's slipping is the Boston Celtics. So if we want to talk about their struggles and what's going over, going on over in Boston, uh, nothing is going on in Boston. They suck. <laughs> Jalen Brown I mean, and Jason Tatum. They, they've won their last two. Let's go okay, that. two. Okay, they won their last two. Uh, all, all I could say is the only Boston team I care about is the Red Sox. This oh, one's for Lord. you, Tristan. I'm, I've got all my Red Sox gear on for for this episode. <laughs> Yeah, Jalen like missing uh, missing Marcus Smart, super super like he's the cool guy in their team. Yeah, he needs to like what he needs to get back on the team. Is he's not out for the season? Is he? No, no, he's good. No, no. but uh, and then Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they, I don't, I don't, they just don't play well together. I don't think. Yeah, I don't, yeah, because. I think that they're like a really nice team, but there is kind of a culture issue that I think almost started when they traded Isaiah Thomas. They brought in Kyrie. That whole experiment didn't work. They got rid of Terry Rogier, who's now absolutely balling over in Charlotte. They brought in Kemba Walker, who hasn't figured it out. Kyrie didn't work. Gordon Hayward didn't work. They sent him over to Charlotte. Now he's balling too. Like it just seems like there's a bit of a culture issue over there. Like there's no reason to have, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both all-stars, and Kemba Walker, although he's been struggling, he was an all-star starter last year. Yeah. There's no way in the Eastern Conference you can sit at 500 with those guys. Like, no, no I, feel, I feel like it's just a bunch of individual players just playing for themselves, or they just don't know how to work together. Maybe it's a coaching issue. Maybe it's like like you mentioned. They like need to trade issue. for a big man. Yeah, and that's what they're looking to do. I, I saw uh, Statler. They've, they've waited too long to trade for a big man. Like, they, they shot themselves in the foot so hard. They had Gordon Hayward. Teams were willing to do a sign-in trade. Um, the player that they, everyone says they really need is Miles Turner. 
fantastic defender, can block shots, can space the floor. Indiana was willing to trade Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward, but the Celtics wanted either TJ Warren or um, I forget who the other person was or Victor Oladipo back. They wanted one of those two. And they said, no, you can have Jeremy Lamb and Miles Turner, but they said, no, we want either Victor Oladipo or Mm. TJ Warren plus Miles Turner. And it ended up happening where Charlotte just signed Hayward straight up and they lost him for nothing. And now they signed Tristan Thompson for $9 million who can barely even make their rotation on some night. Yeah. So they, they got to figure out what's going on over there. Do you think, uh, speaking of like Victor Oladipo, is that a possibility like in the future? Because I know he just uh, declined a two-year extension with the Rockets. Do you think he'll stay with the Rockets? Or do you think you see someone like Boston Celtics pursuing a Victor Oladipo? I think he wants to go to Miami. Uh, I would say so? Oladipo want. I think uh, for sure Oladipo wants out. I mean, he's not – I wouldn't say he's by any means like – at the end of his career, but he's definitely not in his, his early days. So he's looking at it. I mean, what he's bounced from the magic to the Pacers to now the Rockets. And he's been, he's been bouncing all over the place. So I think a guy like him is probably at this point ring hunting. So he's I, gonna- I don't, I, I don't know if he was, he's like necessarily wants out of uh, Houston. He I wants think, his okay, bag. Okay, yeah. But want, you're right. My, his- like you look at it, it's they're 11 and 22. He's not making much. It's not like there's much going on or much. He hasn't been, yeah, he hasn't been playing a lot, but he wants a bag. Like he said, he wants oh, like a max deal. Yeah, because he's they waiting for him. a longer contract that the Houston Rockets can't offer him quite right now. But but so that's it, why he it doesn't make sense on his part because bro, you just came off of an injury. You didn't look that good last season after coming off of your injury. They offered you twenty two million dollars on a team that has John Wall and Wood. Like yeah, I get it. Like you're probably not gonna get that amount of money somewhere else. But take a two-year contract. Don't sign four to five years. Take two years, ball out, show that you're worth, like take a bet on yourself, and then join a team. But I think he wants to go to the Miami Heat really bad. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're a team that might be willing to throw him some money because they were the ones that wanted to hold out to get Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. potentially James Harden. They were like they were the whole ones that didn't spend any money in the offseason because they wanted to get Giannis and then he yeah. signed. So I think that Miami's at some point, like Tyler Hero. He had the hype. He's not been this good, as good this season as people expected him to take the jump. Duncan Robinson has been like struggling. struggling they had a great run, run, but you can't think that all those guys are going to develop into superstars. If you had so, Victor Oladipo or if Bradley Beal somehow gets on the table, like you got to pull the trigger at some point. I was going to say, out of curiosity, is Beal like coming towards the end of his contract or there's trade talks? Like, wait, I, th- which I think, no, I think he resigned. He resigned okay. with them. Yeah, I, he, okay. I believe he resigned. Yeah. And, and then on a side note too, it's like the question, do we think Victor Oladipo is a max deal kind of player? Like I'm looking at him. It's like right now, no, yeah, just 19 points, five boards, four assists. That's good. Don't get me wrong. But like considering that they're considering that the Rockets are sitting where they're sitting. I mean, him and wall and Wood are the three that are doing the most there. So, I mean, even the worst, even the worst team is going to have a player that looks like, all-star quality or max deal if he's the one doing all the work but it doesn't necessarily mean he's an all-star or worth that max deal yeah. so like you take a i mean i don't know what team would it be like yeah i guess the rockets are a good example i look at it it's like 19 points on a on a brooklyn nets looks more impressive to me than 19 points on the houston rockets right yeah yeah, yeah so. speaking of speaking of miami 
Uh, they turned it around really quick. Um, yeah, no in their, joke. In their last 10 games, they are 7-3. and three. They've won their last six. They're looking like the real deal right now. Um, finally got together. They got healthy. Um, Duncan Robinson still struggling. Um, I think they should try to still make a trade potentially for Victor Oladipo. I doubt Bradley Beal is on the market anymore just because the Wizards have been playing well recently. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. So they're making a push with Russell Westbrook healthy. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see that the Heat are back in playoff contention. Um, and what I was going to say is, do you think that they actually have a legitimate chance to make a run to the to the finals again or the Eastern Conference finals or no? I, I think they definitely have a legit, legit chance. Uh, will they, like if everything, if all cylinders are like going, I feel like they definitely can. They're a type of team that can. Uh, because, you know, just like in the last, like, I don't know, six, last few games that they've won, they're not just playing like, trashy teams they they beat the jazz they beat the raptors they beat the lakers and yeah. they're not just they're not playing like crappy teams in the league and so i think i think that's definitely a possibility for sure yeah especially when you're that good defensively like anything can happen yeah um, and kendrick yeah. nunn is coming to his own it's kind of like he did last yeah, that guy's hooping man that guy yeah. was torching the lakers he gave him like 26 or something that guy yeah. was breaking my heart dude this is an interesting turn of events i think my phone just broke <laughs> Like, like you it's not working. <laughs> like, did, it, like, did, it, did it just die? Like, no. Ooh. Oh, it's back. Never mind. It didn't break. Oh, my God. <laughs> she, she's back, baby. She's back. It, like, it froze, and then I turned it off, and it only faded, and then it, like, froze on the page, and even trying to restart it wouldn't work. But now it just done oh. froze. Okay. Let's go, boys. Micah's yeah. phone is back, everyone. Double in the chat. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the Wizards turned it up. The Raptors are turning it up again. Um, but one team that fell off a little bit that I was always talking up um, that's always a solid four to five seed, apparently not. The Pacers have lost four straight. Um, they're now under 500. The whole Eastern Conference is kind of like, how does that so bad. 18 and 17 record get you a four seed? Like, I just don't understand that. There's so many disappointing teams. The, the Celtics have been disappointing, the Heat were disappointing but they've turned it back up. Um, the Raptors have been disappointed. They've turned it back up. The Pacers and then the Hawks, like they signed all these guys in the off season. They're an 11 seed. They're, they're 14, 20, 20. 14 20. That's un, like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, I don't know. This may sound like a crazy, a crazy idea, but I wonder if the reason that some of these teams are doing as poorly as they're doing is this whole idea of like a superstar culture slash, like making of these like dream teams that every team is trying to do now. And I feel like when you get a, a bunch of solid guys on the same team, it, sometimes the egos can clash. I mean, like I, I think back, it really started, I mean, big three, like you had Dwayne Wade, Bosch and LeBron that you, you didn't really have that, that mess. I mean, they worked fine together, but like, I'm thinking back, like when Kobe, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash were on the same team and everyone thought they were going to win no problem. And I don't even think they made the playoffs or if they did, they lost like first round. And so like, I'm looking at these teams, like even though the wizards have turned around and they're 73, they're sitting at 13 and 19 and they have Bradley Beal, who is absolutely balling. And then they also have Westbrook who, I mean, up until like the last couple of years, like he was carrying a Oklahoma city, uh, team to the playoffs every year he was a major factor while playing with the Rockets so it's like I wonder if like this new age of making these dream teams it 
I, I mean, I can't say it's all a failure because then you, you look at the Nets and they're at 23 and 13 and they have arguably the three biggest names in the East with Harden, Irving, and KD. Or you look at the West and you look at uh, the Lakers, obviously, and the Clippers um, having their kind of setup. But it's like, I don't know, like, could that be contributing to it? Because you mentioned like the Hawks, they signed a bunch of guys in the offseason. But they're not like superstar caliber. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. True. They, they, the they're, they're good. Are just role players. I think the issue is, I think with COVID, there's a lot less practice time that they're saying because of all the travel and all the stuff and the and the like. The teams are just getting killed by all the COVID protocols and stuff. They mm. haven't. They're not allowed to practice as much together. So a lot of teams like their defensive schemes just aren't there. So it's a lot more just raw basketball, just like talent like, based. Just- which is why it seems like Pacers that are very like structured, well coached, play good, solid basketball through like plays and stuff are yeah. maybe struggling a bit more. But who knows? It's it's a crazy unpredictable league. We can look up and the uh, standings will be upside down by the next time we do a podcast. Oh yeah, most likely. Pounds, but we'll see. It's yeah. just crazy though. Like I would have never guessed it to be this lopsided with with the Eastern Conference. It's like yeah. you, you have the top three teams and then spots four through arguably 12 are all still in it i feel I like mean, it's been like this for a few years now like uh-huh. I feel years. it's like everyone was oh. in it for a few years but it wasn't this unpredictable like it was no. pretty easy you got the box one you probably got the raptors celtics two three you got philly pacers four or five the heat yeah. maybe five six and the magics seven eight like it was yeah. pretty easy to predict I mean, this you, year, you, everything is upside down. You you look at the you look at the Eastern Conference, and spots five through uh, eight, you, they're either sitting at five hundred or less. And then you look at the Western Conference, and you have the Grizzlies who are at five hundred, and they're not even in. They don't even have a playoff spot at the moment. Or yeah. the Mavericks who have a positive winning percentage, and they're sitting at ninth. So it's like, I'm like, what on earth is going yeah. on? And it's even harder to have a positive record in the West because you're playing more oh, yeah. Western Conference teams. Yeah, and the, the like, Western Conference is clearly better. Obviously. Oh yeah, like, it, it's, it's, like, and it it's has one been thing for that a while. If you have a 15 and 15 record in the West and a 15 and 15 record in the East, it looks even. But you're probably playing tougher teams to get those 15 wins oh, yeah. in the West yeah. and the East. Right. So the fact that there's like not how many teams in in the in the West? Let's see, over 500. There's four teams in the. In the east and in the west, there is nine. nine. And those nine 500 win teams are playing better teams. They're playing. Oh, yeah. If if there's nine teams in the west that have a 500 record, half of the teams they're playing are over 500. In the east, almost every team you play is below 500. So they're right. tougher I, wins. I, yeah, and I, I'd argue as a result that the winner's going to come out of the west. Like I, As much as the hype is real about, about the 76ers playing well, and then KD, the trio of KD, Harden. The Nets are not hype. They're, huh? like, they're not hype. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I wouldn't say hype. they're hype. But well, one I'm thing people. Def- yeah, go ahead. One thing people need to be careful of is the whole, like, we saw the Nets absolutely destroy the Lakers. Um, let's just, the, the Lakers didn't have Davis or Dennis Schroeder. Their whole team is built around Davis's shot blocking. They didn't have anything else because they rely on him being there in the playoffs and playing small ball. And then they don't have their backup point guard who takes the ball out of LeBron's hand and is the only other guy on the team that can create a shot. And the Nets didn't have KD. So their whole thing is the Lakers don't have AD. The Nets don't have KD. It's essentially like an, an, like an 
matchup that's it's matched up nicely i'm like that is not true because the way that ad and dennis schroeder impact the game compared to kd when kd is not there harden and Kyrie split the shots when ad and schroeder aren't there lebron starts giving the ball to contavious caldwell pope to shoot pull up jumpers and drive to the basket like Kyrie, when KD comes there, all it does is it takes the ball out of those good players' hands. When AD and Schroeder comes back, it takes the ball out of Taylor Horton Tucker's hands. Like the impact of, though, of AD coming back is so much bigger than KD. So people need to not think that the Nets, although they're playing unreal right now, and KD no doubt makes them better, he doesn't just add 30 points to their total. KD coming back takes the ball out of Kyrie and Harden's hands. Um, they're going to be dangerous, but like, we got to stop acting like, Oh wow, they could win the championship without KD. Like, no, they definitely need KD. Um, yeah. I would they agree. They definitely need but... KD, but I'm saying like, they're not just like, they're I, not just hype. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're legit without KD. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. They're, I, I, I honestly have them winning the championship. Once they come back, we'll see how KD does once he comes back from injury. And the only team that can stop them in the East is the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Charlotte Hornets. Lamelo Ball. Lamelo <laughs> Ball is averaging twenty six and six after being named a starter. It That's hurts me because Devonte Graham is injured and he's on my fantasy team. But since Lamelo is shining, I'm okay with it. If Devonte Graham sits out a little more, but yeah, Lamelo Ball is looking really good. We just wanted to bring him up in the podcast. Um, consensus should have been the number one overall pick. Looking back on it, um, but especially the transition from college to to, to NBA is so hard for two positions and that's the point guards and the centers. Cause those yeah. are the two positions that really have to adjust to the speed of the NBA. The rest of them, you just kind of plot in, you knock down your shots, you run the floor centers and point guards is so hard. And to be averaging 26 and six as a starter is so impressive. Uh, yeah, you know what I love about LaMelo is just his pure confidence in his skills. And I think that's, what's been a, helped him just transition into the NBA. I love how much fun he has. Too. Yeah, guy, oh, yeah. he just fun. loves the game of basketball, and he just obviously he's he's such a good player. But it, it's just I I really believe it's his confidence to like he's had the experience before. It's not like he went to college. He he played uh yeah, he played professional that. basketball, and then he played you know he played in high school. He was playing at like some prep school at Spire. So like he's had so much basketball experience uh with like better players and that's really like up to his confidence. And that's, that's, that's really why I think he's, I was, I was going to say love, love, love the ball family or not. You've got to respect not only his game, but it's, it's also fun to watch. Like just watching the highlights. I'm like, I like the stuff he's pulling off as a rookie. I'm like, he not only like lived up to, to what he said he was going to do. He, he's definitely done better when I, yeah, he's when I thought. for sure. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I don't know the fact that he's doing what he's doing as a rookie on top of the fact that he's just, I don't know. It's just crazy. So yeah, like LeVar ball and, and all that drama. Yeah. Aside, props to like, him, man. Props to yeah. Him. Like, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Kudos. To and him. he's staying out of it too. You don't hear a lot of him no. just bashing. Yeah. Like he stayed no. out of it. His, he, he talked them up. He got them publicized. He got them brand deals. Then they make the lead and he steps back. Like it was brilliance on his part. But. And you know what I love right now is I don't know. It's because Lamella's is playing so good or, uh, you know, just Lonzo balls figured out a way to, you know, uh, up his game better. But like in the last 15 games, Lonzo ball is playing really, really well too. Ever since those trade rumors, bro. Yeah. Those trade rumors. 
maybe it's just watching him his brother play so he's just extra competitive mentally i don't know what it is yeah, he's shooting like 40 40 percent on threes higher That's- than dame trey young yeah a lot of guys wait how, out of out of curiosity who did get drafted over Lamelo? was it anthony edwards who got that anthony first edwards win? and james wiseman yeah, both of which have not even come close to the kind of success that yeah. one. Like they're both solid. James yeah. Wiseman takes a little bit of time for him, but yeah. but yeah, they're Lamelo's just been so standout compared to the other two. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, okay, okay. So let's throw it off to our last couple topics. The Lakers, after losing four straight, they picked up two big wins um, when Dennis Schroeder's back. Um, it's almost like they needed another ball handler, and yep. he's back. Sure. And all of a sudden, the sky is not falling in Los Angeles anymore. So everyone can get out of my DMs. Everyone gets so worried. All like a lot of Lakers fan, a lot of LA. No, it's just it's just serious. LA fans that's, in general. That's true. They're the that's worst fans. They are. Now. They're so tipsy turvy. Like oh yeah. my word. Like this team they sucks. The worst LeBron fans. can't carry a team. I'm like bro, many teams missing their second and third player would struggle. Yeah, they have such high expectations. The Lakers played good teams too. They were playing the 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 Wizards were hot. I forget they had the Nets, they had the Blazers. They finally beat the Blazers. Um, I mean, these are the same fans. I mean, obviously, you guys know I make jokes about the Red Sox and stuff, but I am a huge baseball fan. But these are the same fans that when the Dodgers weren't doing well in like Game Six of the World Series, like two or three years ago against the Astros, they were already leaving like partway through the game, like. It doesn't surprise me whatsoever that people are lost their minds over these last couple of losses. And it's like, guys, like number one, you you must not know a whole lot of basketball. When you're missing your main guys, you're not going to be performing at peak level. Number two, you guys are so ahead of everyone else and you're sitting at the second seed. You don't really have to worry much about it. Yeah, like they lost be in- four games and they didn't, right. they dropped one spot and yeah. they won two more and they're back in second. Yeah, I was just saying they're they sitting too. at twenty. They're sitting at twenty-four and eleven, and that's behind a Jazz team that that seemingly can't lose. Yeah, they would, they would be first in the East after yeah. losing four straight. It just it, it, that's why it's like I don't know. I, I that's probably some of the reason why I hate on the Lakers is the the, the fans, but it's not all the fans, obviously, because both of you guys are Lakers fans. Having said that, though. Are you guys more Lakers fans or are you more LeBron fans? Because that's LeBron. a difference. LeBron. I'm more I'm more of a LeBron fan. Okay. Uh, LeBron goes to a... Charlotte tomorrow, baby. I'm a I'm Charlotte, a Charlotte fan. fan. I don't yeah. care less about the Lakers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that that's fair. Although I, I did tell uh, Samuel this the other day. What watching them play the Warriors, I was like, I don't know. It was actually kind of fun watching them. Like they yeah. they, they obviously did them have eight, but it was it was insane. Like it looked like they were just going through them. Like they bring the ball down the court, pass around a few times and they look like they're not even trying. And it's just like, yeah. boom, 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 pound inside, go. And then they get I, the I rebound. knew something was up when we started off 10 to two, because uh-huh. if you've ever watched a Lakers game, what mm-hmm. happens is we come in, we miss a couple shots. LeBron goes and takes a layup and then someone hits a couple threes and we're down 13 to two. And we take a timeout. We are down 10 points within the first three minutes of every single game. And so and we went boom, up right 10 now. to two against the Warriors. And I was like, bro, I don't know. I don't even know what's happening. But. Well, and then, and then it was some point, I think it was uh, four minutes left of the second, the Warriors were shooting one for 15 from the threes. Yeah. It's brutal. So it was just like, sense. like, yeah, that, that, that contributes to like, how terrible they were and that makes the Lakers look all the much better. But if you like actually watched how they handled the ball, how they moved it around and then yeah. getting everyone involved like, that was what I was most impressed with. Cause it was like Schroeder was scoring, LeBron was scoring. 
Yeah, I think uh, they had six, six guys scoring. in double figures. Yeah, like it Wesley Matthews. It was impressive because at the end of the half, it was what like 74 to 41, something yeah. like that. I I it just blew me away because I I obviously you know I don't watch a whole bunch of Lakers games, but sitting down and watching them. I was like, man, I can't imagine what this team's going to look like if that's how they play. And then they have AD back as well. Like, yeah. I'm like I, I was looking at it being like, there's not a team in this league that could touch them if they play like that. Yeah. So, so Sam, you put a point on here. James Harden, MVP, question mark. Let's talk about yeah, it. I, I just put MVP down, but I, I just wanted to talk about just James Harden in general. Uh, is, is the way he's playing right now, is he an MVP caliber player right now? Like, no. Is he, Not, could he okay, sorry. At, He's MVP caliber. Is he an MVP candidate? No. Just no because you're playing with Kyrie Irving. And I understand KD's been out, but just on that team, like, you're too star studded to give one of those three a MVP. Because if, if why? when, Kat, when why, why would that matter? Because, yo, when it's most valuable player, right? Most valuable to your team. When, when Harden wasn't there, KD, Kyrie, they were, they were balling. Then um, uh, Kyrie goes out, KD, Harden, they go off. They right. look like the best duo in the league. And then KD's out, Kyrie and Harden. It's just, you're so talented that, like, if, if Harden goes out, do the Nets all of a sudden become a six seed with Kyrie and KD? No. No. So then, so then I don't think he can be the most valuable player. So, 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 so let's say, okay. which part is making the most impact then for a team? so much so that they deserve the MVP because like obviously it's impact on a team but it's also like you take the whole league in general it's like because like I'm looking at this it's like Harden does average 25 points a game 11 assists and almost eight boards like those are some impressive numbers so it's like what you who, have you have two that? other 20 point scorers on your team yeah that's true yeah so, so I would say, say just because he's surrounded by other MVP caliber players, you can't you can't really consider him for an MVP candidate because he's just surrounded by such good players. He right. where he won't where 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 you won't really consider him to be the I MVP. can't really consider him considering how Bradley good they Beal? were without him. Okay, would I see you what you mean. Would you argue Bradley Beal that? I mean, uh, or no? Because even even with him, he's a 12 seed. So how much worse could they be without him? Right. So, okay, then, then let me reword that. Who would who would your pick? Would, yeah, yeah, let's try to argue. Would you argue Joel Okay. Yeah, so for my MVP race, if you guys know, I, I will just be honest with everyone right now. I'm, I have the biggest LeBron bias ever. Like, I will defend that man till the day I die. I am very biased when it comes to him. But this year, because of how they struggled, although a lot of it, I will say, was because they were missing Dennis Schroeder due. They wouldn't have lost four straight if Dennis Schroeder was there, and that made him look really bad. The second AD went out, they just started to suck. But right now, I do have Joel Embiid. If Joel Embiid's not in that game, the 76ers are not the team that they are today. Defensively, offensively, Joel Embiid's my MVP so far. Hmm. And then I think you could probably say the same thing about Giannis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, after winning two in a row, I want to see in the playoff. But if we're talking about strictly the most impactful player on the team, Giannis is probably up there. And then looking in the West, I mean, D- D- Nikola Jokic, yeah, probably, Dame. probably Dame. Because you take Dame off that team, bro, they're in the lottery right now without right. CJ and Nurkic. Like, what? Who's running their offense? Gary Trent. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Without, without Dame, they are a disaster. I mean, I, I, I think I'm that's what made me super mad going back to uh, what we talked about earlier with the all-star game snubs and everything that made me so, so mad that he year, year, he year after year, he's not, he's not even a starter this year. 
Yeah. And and they put Luka Doncic over him as a starter. I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at the uh, the numbers. So I don't think he guys... anybody, no one's even considering him for an MVP candidate because he just that slept on. I mean, I mean, the NBA did the NBA did move him up on ESPN on their poll to number three recently. I would argue that Damian Lillard makes a really good case for it just because of what he's doing for the team on top of the fact of we're going to look at it statistically like everybody else does. He's averaging almost 30 points a game, eight assists and four boards with four three-pointers made each game. Yeah, even uh, – even, even, it doesn't matter about this. Like, just don't even consider the statistics. Like Aiden said, like you take Dame away from the team and they're not a team. So if we're talking, yeah. if we're talking about that, then I would say out of the West without a question – you'd have to say Damian Lillard it should be the candidate. And then I'd say from the East, if okay. I had to pick a guy, it would be Giannis Antetokounmpo every day. But like, like, I, like Aiden was honest about LeBron, I'm a huge Giannis fan. So I, but I have to pick him because I, I don't see the Bucs winning virtually anything without Giannis. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would personally put – right now I have Joel at, Joel at one. I have LeBron at two, and I have Dame at three. And the reason why I think Sam, you're right about the whole thing about like the respect for Dame, the MVP voter, like the MVP, put him at number three in their ladder. Mm-hmm. Ladder. If right. you go and look at the comments, literally the entire thing is, "Wow, how could you put Damian Lillard over Stephen Curry?" Oh, right. I mean Damian Lillard, that's missing his second and third player, leading them to a 19 and 14 record, while Curry is missing Clay Thompson. Yeah, but they're 19 16. Like they're an eight seed, while Damian is a five seed, missing mm-hmm. more players. Yeah. So. And, and honestly, bro, Curry may be a better player. I can debate it, honestly. But like, like I, I take, gotta give Dame his respect. Like they, people always like Curry is in his own key, tier for cat for point guards. No, he's not. I just, Dame I just right agree with him. Uh, I and I would actually argue. I mean, this is definitely a hot take. Curry may have been doing more in the last couple of years and been the in the spotlight more. But I would say if it weren't for guys like clay thompson kevin durant and draymond green being around him like as much as i feel like draymond could get too much hype or too like he's an over under kind of guy as far as what people think of him he, he still contributes he's so I, good I mean, right now damian lillard year after year after year is like usually the only player on portland that like even remotely does anything and he yet still manages to get them to the playoffs year after year after year and I mean, I would, I personally would rather have a Lillard than a Curry. Cause if you put Lillard on any other team with one or two options, like if you, it, like, I that's the thing that I, I have so much respect for him is like, he's so committed to the town of Portland and to the team of trailblazers that he's not what, like he, he's like, I'm going to stick with them. If he were like a Kyrie Irving where he's like, I'm going to go look for Reen or I'm going to move around or KD, which is fine. I'm not hate bagging on him too much. But it's like if Lillard were like that, he would have won one to two. Like I'd say he at least have one ring by now. Yeah. So it's yeah. like when, when they make those arguments where it's like, oh, Curry is just like in a leak of his own. It's like he may do some flashy things. He may have some crazy shots. But at the end of the day, like not only is Lillard with him, I'd argue that Lillard does more for the Blazers than Curry does for the Warriors. Because yeah. like Curry doesn't have his guys where they sit in at. They're sitting at a worse record than the Portland Trailblazers, who ha- are missing Nurkic, who is a huge, huge defensive um, support. They're also missing CJ McCollum, who's done nothing but amazing things this year that arguably would have been in the All Star game if he hadn't gotten hurt. 
Whereas you have Curry, who's, yeah, he's supposed to see Clay Thompson, but for the most part, he's got guys like Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, who, should, who, who arguably could be performing better. I'll give him that. But it's like they're sitting at 19 to 16, whereas you have the Trailblazers at fifth at 19 to 14, and that's solely because of Dame. So I'm like, you look at it, it's like, yeah, I, I'd argue I'd rather have a guy like Dame on my team than so, Curry. Yeah. Plus, I just get annoyed with the calls that Curry gets. Like, Dame doesn't play cheap. Curry plays like an absolute sissy. Like, I can't stand it. And this is the way I would say it is if you switch Dame and Curry in their teams, I think that maybe the Warriors don't get worse at all. There's no way they get worse. The only thing I would say is that one year that Curry won that, like, the the 2015, although the Cavs were really injured. Dame, those guys, they maybe win the championship. I kind of believe in Curry a little bit more down the stretch just because I've seen him in finals and stuff like that um, than Dame, who has struggled a couple times against the Warriors without KD. One year, Dame really did struggle. He blew a couple of leads against them. But, like, Dame elevates – Curry elevates your ceiling on a really good team. Dame elevates your floor. Like, you put Dame on any team, they're almost, almost probably not missing the playoff. And Curry needs that supporting cast because his mm-hmm. game is so dependent on his three-point shooting. I feel like Dame can get his shot a little better than Curry can. But that's what I would say. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about today or no? Just uh, real quickly. Uh, before... oh, go ahead, Samuel. Completely. Uh, would you guys not even consider uh, Nikola Jokic in that conversation at all? No. The, the Nuggets I, I, would, I would. His team's just not playing well enough right now. It, yeah. That's what I mean. So, like, he's that good. Like, it doesn't – isn't that the point of the MVP race? You know what I mean? Like he's playing so good that he's still carrying the team where like Michael Porter Jr. He, he should be stepping up and playing better. And, you know, he's got Jamal Murray on his, uh, but then you make the same, but then, but then you make the same argument for the Lakers. When AD goes out, LeBron starts averaging almost a 30 point triple double, but they lose four straight. So what, what is it is man, he's winning all these. He look how good he is 30 points with all these bad players. Right. And they're losing games. They're, his teammates must be so bad. Or is it, oh, LeBron can't carry a team? Because right now I'm on the trainer, Nikola Jokic. You need to be able, especially as, like, the difference between LeBron, LeBron can really score the ball. The whole offense is built to Nikola Jokic. They post him up. Like, that's – it's not necessarily on him if his players aren't playing well, but the whole team goes as he goes. You're you know, right. And that's what makes him so valuable is my point, though. Right. I But he's not MVP for me because there are – not MVP valuable. Okay, I see what you mean. As, if, if they're a two seed and dude jamal murray is hooping the last couple that's of years, true too. yeah for like, sure he's going off if, and both of them are mm-hmm. and like so you have your you have your robin you're the batman you have your robin like in your seven seed so i just want to i wouldn't have him top tier i have i've moved dame ahead of him i have Jokic. uh sorry Embiid one lebron two dame three Jokic four yeah okay. that's what I'm right now. yeah 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 it's, yeah it's definitely a tight race uh you know, a lot of players, a lot of those players are playing really well. Um, we'll see as we, it goes throughout the entire season. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything to touch up on, anything else to touch up on. We kind of mainly got the main points. Yeah, how's the um, phone situation, Micah? The phone coming around? Oh, yeah, it's, it's fixed. It's, it's uh, fixed. It's okay. Yeah, Micah, yeah. next time you're in a classroom and people ask you about your podcast, you might want to just plug it in and be like, hey, go listen to it at the Step Back Podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, uh, thank you for listening. Um, comment down below, here. too. Yeah, leave if a comment down below. Too, 
disagree with anything we say, we'll reply with, yeah, we'll have conversations. But yeah, if you have yeah, anything yeah. you want to say, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, we definitely, love, definitely love reading the, the comments. Yeah, yeah, please definitely leave a comment. Uh, that way we know what to like, um, work on. And we'll, we'll probably address it in episodes too. Yeah, if you guys sure. have stuff you want to say or questions you want to ask us, drop in. We'll yeah. address it in the episode. Yeah, like, yeah if uh, actually right now, right now, uh, Weston, if you're listening to this, uh, or aka Gail. Stone. Oh yeah, yeah, we we saw your comment just before we recorded this episode. Yeah, so, yeah, so I think Sam responded to it, but yeah, your point was. We finished our last episode talking about LeBron James, what was the best version. We talked about how Miami LeBron couldn't really shoot, and he could shoot. However, if you watch the finals, the statistics are helpful to some extent, but if you actually watch the game, if you watch LeBron in this last finals in game six, he hit like six threes or something like that. He was just hitting everything. Sorry, game five, pardon me. But if you watch him against the Spurs, the Spurs are letting Kawhi gap him a three feet, daring him to shoot. And you're mm-hmm. right. You made the point that he he shot 40.6% from three one of his years. However, I looked on the stats and he averaged 3.3 attempts compared to 6.6. So I think volume is something that you really need to take into account. Like those three shots are wide open shots that teams are daring him to make. And if he makes one out of three and two out of the three the next game, bang, he's a 40% three-point shooter. And that doesn't tell the full story of him shooting almost seven attempts per game this year when people are really actually stepping up on him. But yeah, you made a good point. But yeah, we, we I just think more complete uh, LeBron, I would take him over Miami LeBron, but. Yeah. And yeah. then before, before we wrap it up, just a quick shout out to, uh, to Trevor. Thanks for the advice. We, uh, that was definitely something that we we need to fix. <laughs> so thanks for commenting that on our, was that the last video? It's like a straight diss on me, dude. I do the edit. What did he oh, say? What did he say? You're welcome, Samuel. <laughs> he, he just uh, commented to put the NBA, like add NBA into the title of our. Oh yeah. That's all videos. Sam's fault. Yeah. Yep. It's, all, it's all my fault. It's all good. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Anyways, like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Step Back Podcast. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you later, guys. See you later, guys. Peace out. Peace out.